Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Eagle Naz Church Podcast. My name is Trevor, and I'm one of the pastors here at Eagle Naz. We hope that the next 30 minutes helps you grow in your relationship with Jesus and that you will see how God wants to move in your life. Thanks for listening. Good morning, Eagle Naz. How are you? It is great to be with you. I'm super excited for what God has in store for us today. Uh, My wife, Heather, and my kids, Emma, Blake, and Lauren, all bring you greetings. My daughter is a freshman at Southern Nazarene University, so you'll have to forgive me for that. Um, But that is my alma mater. And uh, I am excited because you're in the series Beyond the Walls. Uh, I listened to the first two messages which the first week you talked about uh, being in alignment with God's word. I think the Bible is awesome. Uh, it's like a conduit. And when we get in alignment, second, the anointing of God flows into our lives and God sees what we're doing. Second Chronicles 16.9 says, The eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth looking for men and women whose hearts are fully devoted to him. And when he finds them, he strengthens them. Well, I want to begin by just sharing briefly a bit of our story. Uh, I lived in Minneapolis, St. Paul, which is where I was exposed to starting a church from scratch, which we call church planting. And in one year being a part of, on staff as a part of that church, I saw more people come to know Jesus as the Lord and leader of their life in one year than I had in my entire life combined. And I've grown up in the church. And I fell in love with church planting. And I knew that God was calling me into church planting and we thought it was gonna be in a suburb of Minneapolis, St. Paul with the church that we are a part of. And God said, I want you to move to Bend, Oregon to plant a church. I didn't really know anything about Bend, Oregon, but I knew that that was God's voice telling us to go to Bend, Oregon. And so we partnered with the Church of the Nazarene to start a brand new church in Bend, Oregon called Mission Church. Now when we started the church, I went on a prayer retreat and I said, God, you know, when you're first a church planter, you get the really important things get done first, like making sure you have the right domain name for your church, right? And so we're like, what's the right website, the right domain name for our church? And I felt like God was like saying, hey, you need to do experiencethehighlife.com because the high life is in Jesus. It's not in beer or something else, Right? And so we, so we bought that domain name, and our name's Mission Church because we wanted to be on mission for what Jesus had in store for our lives. Little did we know about six and a half years into having experienced the high life that Oregon was going to legalize marijuana <laughs> and that Mission Church, our big logo is lime green, and it's an M and a C, And so every time we launch a brand new campus, people are like, when is this dispensary going to open? You know, medical cannabis mission church. And we're like, it's opening soon and we are dispensing something that is amazing. (laughs) And so we just rolled with it and we've had a lot of fun with the journey. You know, I am a big believer that nothing is impossible for God. I believe that if God wants to part a river, he can do it. God wants to raise somebody from the dead, he can do it. He's our healer, he's our source of life, and nothing is impossible for God. I didn't believe that when I first planted the church because when I first planted the church, it was more about me than it was about Jesus. But as we've grown through this journey, 
I've recognized that God wants to move in our midst and he wants us to get beyond our walls. We planted a church in Bend and then within a couple years planted a completely separate church plant. We sent people and money and we were coaching the church planter in Redmond. And God did some extraordinary things. We'd seen at that point in time 500 people make a first time commitment to Jesus Christ. That's not counting people who recommitted their lives to Christ or the way other ways that God moves in our midst. And then uh, through a bunch of circumstances, God showed me that much of what we were doing was about me and not about him. God works in spite of us, amen. <laughs> and through that journey, we just began to, to believe that God could start a movement that would sweep through the Northwest. You know, Portland has, the Portland metro area has about 2.4 million people in it, and it's 2% Christian. It's a massive mission field. Uh, more and more, increasingly in America, most of the population growth al alone far exceeds what God is doing in even the fastest growing churches in America. And we need God to do a movement in our midst. And so we begin to pray about that. And we begin to say, we want to not only plant churches, but we want to launch campuses. And we want to help other churches plant churches. And we want to challenge one another to get beyond the walls, which is why I'm here with you today. It's to encourage you because there's just one church. So we launched a church in Redmond. Uh, then we launched a church in Madras. Then we did three building projects in 16 months. Don't recommend that, but we did it. And at the end of that, God said to me when I was on a prayer retreat, I want you to move three hours over the mountains to the city of Portland, empower all of the younger leaders to take over the day-to-day -day operations, and I want you to start the fourth location of Mission Church and still be the lead pastor of coaching all of them, but empower the people to go because we are the church. And so about a year ago, we moved, to, or two years ago, we moved to Portland. About a year ago, we launched our Portland location of Mission Church. And through this journey over 12 years, we've now seen, as of last Sunday, 1,547 people make a first-time relationship to Jesus Christ. Isn't that awesome? And I want to just spend a few minutes with you this morning talking about becoming a church of exponential influence. I believe God wants us to be influential. Uh, Pastor Tim used a one-liner in week one of the series, what, gets in, what we get into gets into us. I love that. And I wanna give you some stuff to get into this morning. Uh, scripture's powerful, and Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 is an amazing verse, and I want us to read it boldly together. At Mission Church, we read Scripture out loud as a church, like really loud. It's like a roar, okay? So I expect a roar when we read the Scripture together. Are you ready? Let's read it boldly together. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever, amen. You know what the word amen means? It means so let it be in my life, God. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or imagine. I don't think there should be a disconnect 
from what we read in the book of Acts and what we experience in our day-to-day lives. But let's be honest, often there is. There's still a gap between what I read in the book of Acts and what I'm experiencing in my life, but I don't want there to be a gap. I'm willing to surrender and submit to Jesus in any way that I possibly can to close that gap and say, God, I wanna die to myself and I wanna follow Jesus. And I need your help to do that. But Eagle Naz, have you thought about the fact that you could be a church of exponential influence that gets beyond the walls of this building like never before, because I know you've done it in the past. To begin to be a part of a movement that wouldn't just transform the city of Eagle, Idaho, but would sweep through the Treasure Valley and reach 100,000 people for Jesus. That we together could think of even greater things that God has for us because God's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or imagine. You know, Jesus himself said in John chapter 14, verse 12, very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I've been doing and they will do, say these three words boldly with me, even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father And he says, I'll do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. That verse messes me up. Jesus raised people from the dead. He opened blind eyes. Miracles happened in his midst, you know. Deaf ears were open. Like Jesus did some radical things and he said, you're gonna do even greater things. That's what he said to his disciples. And as I read this verse, I'm challenged in my heart to get my life in alignment with the move of God. At Mission Church, we're doing a very similar sermon series as you guys right now, and it's called Movement, the Acts of the Apostles and the Acts of Us. And I have seen over this 12-year journey, God heals somebody more than once that's in hospice in their last hours of life. Everyone on this earth gave up on them. But we prayed and we believed and God healed them. I've seen marriages restored. I've seen addictions to to substances that most people don't get out of broken just like that. I've seen people who have strongholds in their life and demonic forces that are coming against them. Our prayer teams get around them and begin to pray for them and see them released from that where families get their moms back, their dads back, their sons and their daughters back and said, this is the first time we've actually known our mom. Eagle Church of the Nazarene, nothing is impossible for God. There was a movement that swept through in the early part of the the church in the book of Acts and and they would regularly meet together in their homes and they'd do radical discipleship. And as you talked about in week one of the series, they would align their lives with God's word and with Jesus' teaching and they would make sure that they were holding one another accountable. And then they'd go out and share the word of God with other people, like they'd give it away. They'd have radical conversations. And one day, Peter and John, they were on their way to the temple for the time of prayer and there was a beggar there and he was lame since birth. 
And every day he begged the people for money. He locked eyes with Peter and John, and Peter and John locked eyes with him. And, and their response to him was, silver or gold, I do not have, but what I have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. When was the last time that those words were a part of your vocabulary? I think sometimes fear has gripped the church because we've forgotten that Jesus is the Lord of all and just at the mention of his name, things change. A movement swept through because of that healing and there was a buzz in the city and everybody was talking about it and I, I believe that that's what God wants to do in us and through us is create movement, momentum, change. If you look up the word movement in the dictionary, it means a shaking, a flowing, a, a change in position of the body. We're the body of Christ, right? A change in that position. As a result of this movement, they were told over and over, the disciples were told over and over by the religious leaders, the government officials, you need to stop teaching in that name. You've got to stop teaching in that name. You know, they were whipped and told, you got to stop teaching in that name. They were arrested multiple times in the book of Acts and said, you've got to stop teaching in that name. Guess what we should not do? <laughs> stop preaching and teaching and sharing in the name of Jesus out loud. It, it brings us to kind of a, a pivotal moment in the book of Acts. And in Acts chapter 4, verse 32, it says, all the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything that they had. And with great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there were no needy persons among them. For from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them brought the money from the sales and put them at the apostles' feet and it was distributed to anyone who had need. Camps, missions, church plants, families, individuals. And the story goes on and, and just shows that in the midst of this unity, in the midst of these people coming together, and they were so in alignment with what God was doing that they wanted to move together that they were literally willing to go all in. Whatever the cost. There's a cost in discipleship. And I wanna encourage you this morning to believe for even greater days. I mean, everybody look around this room for a second. Like, literally look around the room. This is an amazing auditorium. This is an amazing facility. This is amazing land that we're on. God has been good, right? But God is ready to do something even greater. The question is never whether God's ready to do something greater. The question is always was whether we're willing to get in step with the Spirit. And be a part of it. I prayed for you because I chose on this trip, because I have a few other things that I'm going to do this week in this area, to drive down from Portland. So as I was driving down from Portland, I was asking Siri questions on my Apple phone about, you know, the Treasure Valley. What's the population of the Treasure Valley? What's the growth pattern in the Treasure Valley? 
And the Treasure Valley is about 730,000 people, but it's on trajectory within the next few years to hit a million people. Statistics would tell us that about 900,000 of them are disconnected from a relationship with Jesus. We've got to do something beyond the walls of this building to reach 900,000 people. Mission Church this last year has come together as a church and we're believing that we're gonna launch seven new churches in the next five years. And in addition to that, over the next 20 years, we believe that together with partnerships and coaching and giving away our resources and and getting radical that we're gonna reach a million people for Jesus. There's no way that that's possible without God. I can't start a move of God. You can't start a move of God. But what we can do is raise our sails. Each sail is getting in alignment with God's word. Another sail is extraordinary prayer. Talked about it last week. A third sail is giving, like radical giving. Giving that doesn't even make sense. Well, why would we give? Well, I don't know about those organizations or those people or what's going on by the scenes. You're not supposed to know. You're just supposed to give because you're gonna give and what's given will be given back to you. It's a kingdom principle. It's wild. It's radical. And as we raise those sails up, then when God begins to blow and the winds of the Holy Spirit begin to move, guess what's gonna happen? We're gonna move with it. And we're gonna go somewhere that's gonna be awesome and it's gonna be radical. There's a story in 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 19 through 21, about a guy named Elijah and Elisha. Okay, two different people. And I love the story because I think the story has so many parallels to the American church. In that story, Elijah is a guy that has experienced He's experienced 14 miracles in his life, and they were radical miracles. Like walking up to the River Jordan, you know, taking off his cloak, touching it down the River Jordan. The River Jordan parts, and they walk through on dry land. That's an awesome miracle, you guys. And Elijah was, you know, he was beginning to age out. But he knew that he loved God. He wanted to see the kingdom advance, and God wanted to pass his ministry on and pay it forward. And so he he told Elijah, I want you to go find Elisha, and I want you to empower him to pass it on, to keep this movement, my kingdom, going. And Elijah went and found Elisha in a field, and Elisha was plowing. So, you know, he's, he's got his oxen, and he's just going through the motions. This is what he does every day just plowing in the field. And Elijah comes up to him and he takes his cloak off and he throws his cloak over Elisha and Elisha's like, like we might not understand that, but in their culture that meant that like, hey, I'm giving you like the keys to the house. Like I'm calling you to something greater and he's calling Elijah to follow him. And in the story in 1 Kings, it says Elijah went and found Elisha, son of Shaphat, plowing in a field. And there were 12 teams of oxen in the field. And Elisha was plowing with the 12th team. Elisha went over to him and threw his cloak over his shoulders and then walked away. Awkward. 
Elisha left the oxen standing there and he ran after Elijah and said to him, first let me go and kiss my father and mother goodbye and then I will go with you. I love the story because it reminds me of Jesus calling the disciples, they just followed him. Elijah throws his cloak on him, weird, walks away. I'm gonna leave my entire life and follow you. I mean, it's kind of radical, right? And Elijah replied, go back, but think about what I've done to you. I'm passing the mantle on to you. So Elisha returned to his oxen, check this out, you guys, and slaughtered them. This was the way he made a living. This was his business. He gave up his business, his resources. And it says he used the wood from the plow. This is the way he made his living. And he burnt the plow and built a fire to roast their flesh. And he passed it around the meat to the townspeople and they all ate. And then he ended that chapter of his life and he went with Elijah as his assistant. Now, first you might be like, what's that story all about? Well, it's it's a radical story that I think God uses in multiple ways, but the way that I feel like God wants us to use it this morning is to recognize that for many of us in the American church, we're just plowing the field. Oh, that worship song was so sweet today. I love my ministry. I love my Bible study. And we're just going through the motions. And, and, and many of the things we're doing are good, but many people never get to greater because they won't leave good enough behind. And I believe that God's called me here today to throw my cloak on you. Not because of anything that I've done, but because God is up to something in America right now. And he's saying, come on, let's see even greater things. And do you know that Elisha didn't perform 14 miracles? Elisha performed 28 miracles. Everybody say double portion. Eagle Nass, I want you to have a double portion of what God is doing in these days. To get beyond the walls and get radical in alignment with God's word, extraordinary prayer, get together with people and pray regularly and give like crazy. You know, when we give, we're so afraid, but God is the God of abundance. There's no end to the way that he will pour back into our lives. Nothing is impossible for God. When you pray for people, we've gotta believe that God wants to move on their hearts, change their situation, heal their marriage. We've gotta stand in the gap and we've gotta arise to the occasion. It's not about being perfect, but it's about living by faith and not by sight and getting radical outside of ourselves and saying, God, we believe that you are the same God that's always been there. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is available for you and you and you and you. And he's inviting us in. And you guys, God is moving. And he's inviting us into something that's even greater. Do you believe that you could reach 730,000 people? I do. Jesus does. And today the emphasis is on giving. I know all the stuff that people think about giving. I've been a pastor for 27 years. 
But when you're giving, this is kind of weird. Do you recognize that when you give to the church, you're giving to yourself because we are the church? But where does the money go? It doesn't matter. The eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth, looking for men and women whose hearts are fully devoted to him. And when he finds them, he strengthens them. If you wanna be a part of a move of God, I challenge you today to give like you have never given before. The Bible says in Luke 6, 38, give and you will receive. I think that's important enough that we should read it. Are you ready? Give and we will receive. You will receive. Your gift will return to you in full. The question is whether you believe it. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make more room, room for more, running over, poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. Well, I don't like that verse. Well, I don't care, it's a scripture and the truth will set you free. The question is, are we disciples of Jesus? Because disciples, they obey God's word, they pray radical prayers, and they give with generosity, and they burn the plow. They say, you know what? I trust God, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it away. I'm gonna burn the plow, and I'm gonna go all in for Jesus, and that's my challenge to you today. This is what I wanna leave you with at Mission Church. When, because we haven't always done this, but when we get radical with our discipleship, which includes extraordinary prayer and deep obedience to scripture, including sharing scripture, when we do that, and when we're radical in our generosity, God exceeds our expectation every time. I need to tell you something. We have churches all over America that are partnering with Mission Church in Oregon. Some of them are Nazarene churches and some of them are not. We have Southern Baptist churches that are sending $10,000 checks to Mission Church because they wanna be a part of what the kingdom of God is doing in that place and they believe in things that are even greater and that God will give it back to them. We had a church plant last week in San Francisco that has a lease payment of $55,000 a month because that's how expensive it is to have a church. There's a church that's five years old. They're less than five years old. They sent Mission Church a check for $10,000. Radical generosity. We would never have been able to do what we've done so far if it wasn't for the kingdom coming together to say, we believe that this verse is true. And I wanna invite everybody to stand at their feet. Maybe you've come to the service today and you're in a place where, where you feel dry or you're, you feel like you need a fresh touch from Jesus, a fresh anointing from Jesus, and you wanna be rejuvenated in Christ. And I believe God can do that just like that. But here's what I know. God responds to movement, active faith. And in Mission Church, we use altars all the time, not because there's something magic about a piece of furniture. You guys, this is a piece of furniture. Here's what's awesome about altars. It causes us to leave where we are now and walk into the new thing that God's doing. And every step that you take forward, you take, step, take that step forward, God sees that step because the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth looking. 
and God will move on you. I'm not gonna ask you to use the altars because we've got some business that we need to do together to be obedient to Jesus. Here's what I'm gonna ask you to do. Instead of using the altars, I'm gonna ask you to walk in faith and just begin to make a line across the front. If you're believing God for even greater days and you're saying, God, I'm all in. Week one, we talked about radical discipleship, obedience to God's word, extraordinary prayer, radical giving, and you're saying, you know what? This is my time. Paul wrote to a Timothy, the guy he was discipling, and said, sometimes you need to fan into flame the gift of God. So if you, wanna, if you wanna get in on what God's doing and say, you know what, I'm ready to step out in faith and do something radical, I wanna invite you to leave from where you're standing right now and just begin to move to the front and make a line across the front. And what you're saying is, God, I'm ready, I'm all in, I'm burning the plows, let's do this. Let's reach 730,000 people for Jesus Christ because I believe that nothing is impossible for God. And we're gonna pray over you. But this is your chance to say, you know what? If you're not serving, I'm gonna step out and serve. If you're not giving, I'm gonna step out and begin the giving process. If you're not obeying an area of scripture that you know about, this is you saying, listen, I'm gonna obey. God's moving in the midst of it. If you're here today and you've never invited Jesus to be the Lord and leader of your life, God loves you, he's created you. Jesus died on a cross for you. You can walk forward and say, I'm believing in Jesus. And the moment you begin to step forward and say, Jesus, I confess my sins to you. I invite you to be the Lord and leader of my life. Boom, it happens just like that. When you believe in Jesus, you are a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. Whatever you need today, God can do it. And Pastor Tim's gonna come up and pray a prayer of blessing over you. Eagle Church of the Nazarene, this is your time. God's moving, let's raise the sails.